Good afternoon. I want to call this subcommittee on the housing, uh, the housing, transportation, and community development subcommittee to order. Uh, thank you so much to our witnesses for participating today, and thank you also to uh, Senator Lummis and all of your team for working with us on this bipartisan hearing. When Senator Lummis and I uh, first met to discuss our goals for this subcommittee, uh, native housing emerged as a top priority for both of us. And we both understand that finding affordable housing is a challenge for every community right now. But in native and tribal communities, barriers to housing and home ownership are particularly challenging. And as we know, if you don't have a safe, decent place to call home, nothing else in your life works. Not your education, not your job, not your family, not your health, not anything. Native people experience this reality in very tangible and specific ways, as tribal leaders in Minnesota and around the country tell me all the time. Minnesota is home to 11 sovereign tribal nations and large indigenous communities in the Twin Cities and Duluth and Bemidji. And housing challenges in native communities in Minnesota and around the country um, stretch across the entire housing continuum, from the lack of emergency shelter to a shortage of home ownership opportunities on tribal lands. People struggle to get mortgages and appraisals and title insurance. If you own a home, keeping it in good repair can be difficult because of a shortage of contractors and skilled tradespeople. Tribal communities are often rural and remote, which adds to the cost of infrastructure like water and sewer. Now, these issues are common in rural communities, but they are exacerbated on tribal land. Lease land and trust land each come with their own challenges. Mortgage lending on trust land can mean months or sometimes even years of administrative delays working through the BIA. Um, and many lenders just won't do business um, at all um, on trust lands. Um, mortgages on lease lands can also face lengthy administrative delays. Um, Senator Rounds and I partnered on a bill to take the first step on fixing these problems three years ago. And earlier this year, Senator Rounds and Senator Thune and Senator Tester and I introduced a bill to take the next step in addressing these delays. In addition, much of the housing stock on tribal land is substandard and needs significant repair. Homes lack full plumbing, complete kitchens, and sufficient heating. According to a HUD study, housing in tribal lands is about six times more likely to have heating or plumbing deficiencies in comparison to the rest of the country. And repairs and maintenance are expensive, and so many tribes end up spending scarce federal housing dollars maintaining existing housing rather than building uh, the additional units that are needed to meet demand. The result is unsafe homes that can sit vacant and boarded up, even as the demand for housing is increasing. So even with recent increases, inflation-adjusted funding for the Indian Housing Block Grant is well below where it was 25 years ago and well below what I believe is needed to meet the trust and treaty obligations of the federal government for housing in Native communities. Housing shortages and homelessness are experienced on tribal land when families crowd into homes not nearly big enough for all the people living there. This is sometimes called doubling up, which could suggest a relative sleeping on a couch or sharing a bedroom, but in practice, overcrowding can be much more intense, with reports of 15 or even 20 people sharing a two-bedroom home. Native communities have strong cultural traditions of not letting relatives go without a place to stay when you have a house to share. And I can tell you, in cold climates like Minnesota and Wyoming, sleeping outside can be deadly. 
In May of 2021, in my first hearing as chair of this subcommittee, we held a hearing on native housing issues, and we heard about the need for more supportive housing that combines shelter with culturally specific programming to support native people experiencing homelessness. In my home state of Minnesota, Native Americans account for 13% of people experiencing homelessness, despite being only about 1% of the state's overall population. Without culturally specific programming and trauma-informed systems, Native people living with homelessness struggle to get access to the services and the stable housing that they need. We've also heard about the importance of reauthorizing the Native American Housing Assistance and Self-Determination Act, or NAHASDA. This was last updated in 2014, and it's far past time that that important bipartisan legislation that will cut red tape for housing development in Native communities, better uphold our promises to Native veterans, and put a stop to drug use and violent crime. I'm very grateful to Senator Schatz and Senator Murkowski for leading this effort in the last Congress, and I look forward to working with them to finally get this done. So I look forward to hearing from our witnesses today about what we are doing that is working, what is not working, what needs reform, and what needs more support. These are issues of bipartisan interest and places where we've demonstrated the capacity to work together. So I look forward to building on that shared sense of purpose and progress so that we can make progress on issues for Native communities. So thank you very much. And I now turn to Senator Lemus for her opening statement. Thank you, Madam Chairwoman, and thank you all witnesses for joining us today. I especially want to thank Mr. Patrick Goggles for being here today. Mr. Goggles brings a vast knowledge and experience working on tribal housing. His uh, resume is very impressive, currently serving as the Executive Director of the Northern Arapaho Tribal Housing Authority. Mr. Goggles formerly served in the Wyoming State Legislature and on the Northern Arapaho Business Council. Uh, thanks so much, Patrick, for being here. And I want to thank the rest of our witnesses as well. The expertise on this panel is exceptional. In my state of Wyoming, we have two federally recognized tribes, the Northern Arapaho and Eastern Shoshone. Both tribes share the Wind River Reservation. The Wind River Reservation is the seventh largest American Indian reservation in size and fifth largest in population. Lack of safe, affordable, and available housing impacts communities across Wyoming, but especially on the Wind River Reservation. The housing gap is widened as the demand for housing is outpacing new construction. In many cases, as the chairwoman mentioned, multi-generational families are overcrowded in homes. These homes ha often have serious plumbing and electrical problems and are in dire need of repair. Congress has provided funding for Native American housing programs for several decades. Tribes and tribally designated housing entities use the funding for a range of affordable housing activities to benefit low-income tribal households. This includes developing new housing for rental or home ownership, maintaining and operating existing housing units, building infrastructure, and offering housing-related services. So I look forward to your advice and counsel on all of these issues. Additionally, I want to talk a little bit about the uniquenesses uh, of working with Indian trust lands. On trust lands, the Bureau of Indian Affairs must process and certify mortgages issued by federal agencies and lenders. In some cases, the BIA has taken months 
to process mortgages. It creates particular problems in areas that have tribal trust lands available but don't have fee ownership land available. And that's why I've co-sponsored the Tribal Trust Land Home Ownership Act uh, with Chairwoman Smith to create deadlines that BIA must meet for processing title documents. Uh, if you have other issues you want to raise about uh, how that legislation could improve the delivery of services in this area, please let us know. I, along with several members of this subcommittee, are members of the Senate Community Development Financial Caucus. The caucus is a platform to address the needs of CDFIs so they have the resources to serve their communities. I believe CDFIs are a wise investment to multiply our federal dollars for maximum impact. So in closing, our witnesses today provide unique perspectives on the state of Native American housing, and I look forward to hearing your testimony. I thank you again for being here, uh, and I am looking forward to learning ways to ensure tribal housing needs are met. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I yield back. Thank you so much. Um, I will now introduce our witnesses. Um, and um, thank you, Senator Lemus, for introducing uh, Mr. Goggles. Welcome to the committee, Mr. Goggles. Um, in addition, I'd like to introduce uh, Chelsea Fish, who is Executive Director of the National American Indian Housing Council. Ms. Fish is a citizen of the Seminole Nation um, of Oklahoma. For over 15 years, she has worked at the national level to address socioeconomic concerns on behalf of tribal communities on issues ranging from tribal gaming and native small business to health and food sovereignty. Ms. Fish earned her Bachelor of Science in Health Education with an emphasis on public health from the University of the District of Columbia. She's originally from Tishomingo, Oklahoma. I said that correct, I hope. <laughs> um, and currently lives with her family in Washington, D.C. Welcome. Um, uh, Pete Upton is the CEO of the Native CDFI Network and Executive Director of the Native 360 Loan Fund. Mr. Upton is a member of the Ponca Tribe of Nebraska. He serves as um, CEO, as I said, of the Native CDFI Network, which represents Native CDFIs around the country. In addition, Mr. Upton is the Executive Director of the Native 360 Loan Fund, a certified Native CDFI supporting Native American business owners in Nebraska, Iowa, and South Dakota. And joining us virtually will be, is uh, Tammy Moreland, who is chair of the Minnesota Tribal Collaborative to Prevent and End Homelessness. Ms. Moreland is a member of the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe. She currently serves as the chair of the Minnesota Tribal Collaborative, which was formed by Minnesota Tribal Nations in 2014 to understand, prevent, and end homelessness of Native peoples in Minnesota. In addition to her role with the Minnesota Tribal Collaborative, Ms. Moreland is a longtime employee of Tribal Family Services and Public Health Departments. We will begin with our in-person witnesses. Um, and then turn to Ms. Moreland. And for witnesses, you each have five minutes for your opening statements. Each of you, I think, have a clock in front of you to help you um, stay oriented to that. And your full written statement will be made part of the record. Ms. Fish, you are recognized for your opening statement. 